0: Welcome to Career Tools. Today's show How to Be Ready for a Hiring Market Upturn, Part 1. Here we go. <music> Well, here we are, and uh, as we record this, I'm not sure exactly when we'll release it, but uh, it's early 2011. We'll release it more quickly, right? Just because it's... Yeah, we, will, um, we won't wait till the end of, of 2011, yeah, I guess. Yeah. That would make a lot yeah. of sense. And hopefully things will even get better between the time we're recording this and the time we release it. But, you know, signs of recovering from the re- recession are are there, although interspersed with more negative indicators. So it's, eh, it's probably too early to say that we're in a great recovery. But... Whether it's the next few months or before the end of the year, at some point, the recovery is going to come, right? World economies have always and will always cycle through growth and recession. And look, we need to be prepared for an upturn as we are for a downturn. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some people listening who are going to say to themselves if they've been listening for a long time they're going to say wow this is a timely cast and not a timeless cast but no folks it happens to be timely relative to the 2011 market situation but 5 to 10 years from now when we go through another downturn followed by an upturn this our guidance here will apply then as well and uh, I'm sure someone will be searching for it hopefully 20 years from now although as Mike says you know it goes up and down that really virtually all man-made systems are and i know there are there are scientists and engineers and high seas among you who will find uh find problems with this but in general uh, thematically speaking all man-made systems essentially have sinusoidal patterns associated with them they go up and they go down and the question is not whether we're going up or down and how steeply right at the moment, but whether or not the long-term trend is up or down, uh, whether or not the regression line of the function is is um, to the northeast, as they say. And fortunately, thanks to mankind and uh, freedom and democracy, it generally is going northeast and sometimes quite nicely. But look, it's not only growth which fuels the vacancies that are empty that might be wanting a person to be hired for. You know, as the labor force begins to feel more secure, because the market is getting a little bit better, the quit rate, the number of people who are willing to quit their jobs goes up. And that adds to the liquidity, meaning the number of open positions relative to the number of employed people, uh, the liquidity of the labor market goes up as well. And frankly, that's what we're Seeing here in the early part of, of 2011 ahead of what people are saying is the actual upturn in terms of, yes, we're getting lots of good news that liquidity is going up. And that means right now, if you're listening to this, there are more open positions and companies are more interested. Maybe that in the last half of 2010 or whatever uh, recession we're talking about, um, companies were hesitant because the positions that were open, they could tolerate. Yes, that makes it hard for the people who are already there, but the positions that were open, they could they could handle. But now more positions are becoming open. And as it turns out, if you ask Wendy and me, we'll tell you that the positions that tend to come open first are the positions of those people who are most confident about their ability to make a transition early, and those people tend to be doing the best which means those positions are much more liquid, as in much more wanting to be hired to be filled than other positions in the organization. So um, the key thing is, even when things aren't hot in the marketplace,
0: long before that, when the liquidity changes, you want to be ready, and that's what this cast is about. Yeah, don't make the mistake of waiting and then rushing around at the last moment to get your resume ready. Oh, right? Oh. You know that's going to happen, right? You and I both know we're going to get resumes,
1: some from our friends, some long-time listeners. Oh, 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 I have an opportunity. Will you give me a quick look?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's Friday, and I'm interviewing her on Tuesday. Can you, can you please yeah, help me yeah. get this uh, terrible resume into shape? Okay. Thanks, yeah. guys. It, rem-
1: <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of a sign that used to hang outside of a printing company I used to uh, – patronize before fedex office and kinkos came along which was a whole bunch of people sitting around laughing saying you want it when a lack of planning on your part does not justify an emergency response on my part yeah exactly yeah (laughs) yeah things happen faster than they used to and social media accelerates uh, people's ability to take a look at you in fact i was just reading the other day about um well, I don't know where I read it, but uh, somebody was saying that they were trying to decide whether or not to be interviewed by somebody, and then they discovered that uh, they weren't going to because they did a Google search on this interviewer's professional history, and it was clear that this particular person's leanings were very anti uh, this person they wanted to be to be interviewing. And the person said, "No, I don't. You know, I don't need bad press. I
0: need press, but I don't need bad press."
1: Uh-huh. Um, and social media did that. They googled them, they Facebooked them, and wham,
0: there it yeah. is. I don't know how many times we can warn people, but. We've warned people a few times. So if you're listening to this, we trust you. We'd hope you wouldn't fall into that category.
1: Yeah, I think, just to finish the point, I think Wendy told me recently that somebody spent several hours cleaning up their Facebook page. Uh, Several hours. I mean, wow. Wow, what was on there? (laughs) That's exciting. (laughs) Must have been exciting before. Now it's boring and professional and effective and not dangerous. Um, So, okay, we've got six recommendations for how – if you're listening, you can prepare for an upturn in the hiring market, which is, is is going to happen here if it's not already happening by the time this comes out, and it will happen again after every trough or dip or recession or depression or whatever you want to call it. Um, six steps. Number one, expect phone calls. They've already started based on calls I've been getting from people. Oh, by the way, they're not calling me about jobs for me. Um, friends of ours are calling us saying, what should I do about this, that, and the other thing? Believe me, nobody's calling me, thankfully. Number two, uh, you've got to freshen your resume, folks. You've got to get on top of that. Number three, uh, we alluded to it. You've got to update your social media. You've got to get that squared away. Number four, hey, you know, uh, the Christmas rule, interviewing, something you do rarely, but something that's really important. So therefore, you're going to stink at it. You've got to start practicing your interviewing answers now. Make it a long, slow build to that interview rather than a sudden rush at the very end when you're not going to be thoughtful about it. We also recommend you work with a buddy. Uh, There are people out there that want to move like you do, and they will if someone's a friend of yours, they're willing to work with you. And then lastly, you've got to refresh your contact list. You've got to start reaching out to people now so that at six months or nine months when you or your spouse say, yeah, it's time, you're not finding out that half of the people on your contact list that you were
0: counting on aren't even where you thought they were anymore. Start that process now. Yep. Good. Okay, folks. Number one. You have to expect calls. This is interesting <laughs> to me because I, I, I'm not sure people think this way, but it used to be. Oh, I'm okay, sure they, they don't. Right? Yeah. The job market opens up and I, the person looking for the job, will do the calling and do the the reaching out. And more and more these days, just because there's just so many ways for folks to get your contact details, you can expect yep. to get calls. And you don't want to get ca- caught flat-footed. The calls are going to come. Yep. Be ready to to have that conversation when it comes.
1: Yeah, think about the market a little bit differently than you have been up till now, folks. Think about the fact that you're in the individual market, but recruiters are in the professional market, meaning they're looking for a number of people. They've had a bad couple of years. They're desperate for revenue. They're going to be more aggressive, more assertive than normal. Because of the steepness and depth of this recession, if you want to call it that. And so, uh, consequently, they're going to be calling more quickly. In fact, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they're not only calling uh, some people who are listening more quickly, they're also, their tone is a little bit more strident than they used to be. Um, They're going to call you and find out what your current situation is. They're going to get your contact details from previous contacts with them or old resumes, perhaps. They're going to look at LinkedIn. They're going to talk to colleagues and your colleagues are going to be pleased, pleasantly surprised that recruiters are calling again and they're going to mention your name, if you have smart colleagues anyway. I don't know why I've never heard of a single person telling me, oh yeah, me and my buddy John, we have a deal. He never says he's available, but he mentions me. I never saw him available, but I mentioned him. Hmm. I never heard that happening, but yeah, I that haven't would be either a smart way to do it. <laughs> not a bad but, way to do um, it. It's the old always wanted to be number two rule, which by the way, I'm not joking, folks. There's a rule about being CEO that you always want to be number two. Even... If you think you don't want to be found and, frankly, you think you can't be found, which in today's world is nearly impossible, we should call that the Elton Schaefer rule since he found me when we didn't want to be found, you can be found, okay? Recruiters can be very resourceful when they want a number, so be prepared for phone calls. Now, look, in our How to Handle Headhunters cast, in that guidance, we warned you against taking calls from recruiters while you were working off the cuff, okay? Generally, when we take a call, we don't expect, uh, you know, if the call comes in and we're not expecting it, there might be some frustration, we might be irritated, we might not be prepared. And th- the fact is, like it or not, folks, even though you think you're a great uh, face putter on that all goes across the phone of the recruiter who doesn't put you on the MVC list, uh, MVC folks, that's most valuable candidate, whether you want to move or not, being on the MVC list, again, whether you want to move or not, being on that list is better than not being on the list. If you're on a lot of MVC lists, the recruiters who are calling you will notice it. Now, we're not suggesting you go out there and throw yourself at all the recruiters. We're saying you need to handle those incoming calls differently. Now, look, we're not recommending you don't take the call. And look, if you get a voicemail, return it the same day, but return it after having been thoughtful in advance. Because look, lack of response, you know, um, if you get a call on Monday and you're busy, ah, you know, I'm, I've got a good job. I'll wait till Wednesday. All things being equal, if somebody else got a call on Monday and called Monday afternoon, they're perceived as being more interested than you. Maybe you get lucky and they're a dork and they don't say so and they don't come across well, but you can't assume that's always going to go in your favor when it comes to a job search. And, and frankly, you don't even know what they're offering yet. So how could you know you're not interested? Exactly. Uh, It just doesn't make sense. We don't expect you to, the moment you get voicemails, if you come back to your desk and you have 10 voicemails and you're listening to all of them deciding to prioritize and then you get one from recruiter, don't call that one next. It's okay to wait an hour or two. Look, weren't you in a meeting just the other day that lasted two hours and you couldn't even return their phone call? Wait a couple hours and spend a minute and think about it, okay? You're going to be wanting to develop a relationship with the recruiter. Okay, maybe you're going to want to continue a relationship that you've already started. You're going to want to use your best communication skills. You're going to want to say positive things. You want to be smiling. You want to use their first name, right? Maybe they, they say, hey, Joe. This is Brian. And you realize you don't know their last name. And so somebody answers the phone and says, Mr. Smith's office. You're like, ah, is it Brian Smith? I'm not sure. So dot your I's and cross your T's and check check the information you have. Surely you wrote down their information before. That's part of it, right? In in our How to Handle Headhunters cast, we talked about that. Be friendly. Even if you're uncertain of what they want, you can be friendly and not agree to whatever they're suggesting to you. And look, ask the key questions when you get them back on the phone. What's their name? What's their number? What company do they work for? That's just a a standard way of starting the process.
0: Yeah. How did they learn about you, right?
1: Yeah, that's another one, right? If some executive in your firm mentioned you, that's different than if one of your buddies or one of your directs mentioned you. Now, if they tell you about a specific role and ask you if you know someone who might be interested handle it like this. First, you suggest someone else. Okay. Even if you're interested. Well, yeah. Yeah. Even if you're interested, if you you could be interested, you tell them that after you've offered the other person. Yeah. And then you offer to talk to them later once you're not in the office. I'm amazed at people who actually put their feet up and start talking to a recruiter about another job in their office using the company's resources. And they say, oh no, it's my cell phone. I'm like, yeah, the company pays for that cell phone, right? Yeah, but it's mine. No, it's not. It's the company's. <laughs> and by the way, if all of your friends' contact information is on there, if you get fired or when you leave, you're going to lose it. So you better make sure it's written down, but that's a different cast, right? Always be able to recommend someone. And by the way, if you're thinking, well, gee, I don't know who I'd recommend. I don't know what the job is. Well, ask a bunch of questions. When they give you a good brief overview, maybe two or three sentences, as recruiters like to do, ask four or five more questions, understand the scope, and so on. Now, the recruiter will think you're trying to figure out exactly who it's working for and whether or not you're interested, but you can say, look, in order for me to really give a good recommendation... I really feel like I need to know a little bit more about the job. I want to be thoughtful about this. I want to send you somebody. I want to recommend you call someone who might in fact be interested because they have the right skill set. And look, if the recruiter comes back and says, well, no, what you need to know is a technology position and the salary is this. Say, well, maybe I don't know enough to make a recommendation there. And so I'll just, I'll just pass on making recommendations. I'm glad you called, but I don't feel confident making a recommendation on so little information. Now, you might be thinking, ooh, this is bad because they're a recruiter and I want to have a relationship with them. Yes, but we want to have a relationship with a professional recruiter. And if a professional recruiter says to you, all I can tell you is the the title, um, Digital Systems Analyst 1, and the the, the salary is $88,000. Like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I don't know enough about that to make recommendations. Let me just pass. I wish you luck and I hope it goes well. And a recruiter who does that is not professional. They're just treating you like a, a a rock in a river that they're trying to step on to get to the other side of the river to get what they want. And they're not professional. And if they're not willing to spend a couple minutes developing a relationship with you, recognize there are, sounds terrible to say, but more fish in the sea and let them go. Look, folks, something else too. Don't immediately, simply because of the digital world we live in now, send your resume immediately. Wait until you've heard more of the details and wait to send your resume until you've been asked to send it. If you don't get asked to send your resume, don't send it. That'll send absolutely the wrong message. Recruiters don't send out their resume in flurries all the time, and nor should you.
0: Yep. Good. Okay. Now, folks, whether you think you want to move or not, eventually- eventually someone is going to present you with an opportunity you're interested in. Now, it could be a corporate opportunity, a chance to go into business with a partner, or the opportunity to join an industry committee, whatever. In any of those cases, keeping your resume up to date is required. And it's not just all about the search, right? However, it's likely in the next three months, you're going to need a current copy of your resume. And so you need to freshen your resume up.
1: Yeah, in all our casts, right, about resumes, we recommend you update your resume once a quarter. We recommend you put a half an hour on your calendar once a quarter. Yes, that's two hours a year, folks. You're going to be the ant and not the grasshopper, and you're going to have a current resume every quarter. But this time, we're not just talking about adding your last accomplishment to your career management document. We're asking you to turn that career management document into a resume and just taking a review of it and saying, okay, okay. When I look at this, what do I see?
0: You're talking about a fresh set of eyes on the resume. But but why are we suggesting that? That's a little bit different than our previous advice. Why why now is that so important?
1: Well, this is part of how we need to approach our search, even though you might be thinking, well, I'm not doing a search. Right. But the moment you get called and you started talking to somebody about a a job, then that is in effect, it follows the general rules of search. And searches following a downturn can be a little bit different. In the last two years, in this particular case, in 2011, in the last two years, in this recession, there have been, and this is true always, totally wholesale changes to various industries. Some industries are practically dead. <laughs> Wall Street certainly was was one that that was decimated. Um, entire firms went away. Others have come up in their place. You know, as, as Wendy said once, goodbye, Yellow Pages, hello, the Yell app on her smartphone. Roles have disappeared. Layers have been taken out. What you thought of is, hey, I want this X role. I want to be a director. And the company says to you, we don't have any director roles anymore. There's managers, there's assistant VPs, and there's senior VPs, right? And you're like, oh. And they're like, this person really doesn't know what's going on. This person is not clued into the world around them. They've got their head down. They'll never be an executive if they don't know that. Part of the reason there are issues with hiring, even in recessions, there are, right? There is hiring, and there are problems with it, is that the skills that the labor market holds right now, there's a lot of it, are not necessarily the skills that companies know they need going forward. Companies have taken the time to reassess the skills and the needs and, and the jobs and which ones they want to fill, and they're different ones with different skills. And you have to think carefully about that by looking at your background with a fresh set of eyes.
0: Yeah, there'll be more jobs. They they may not be jobs like yours, though, right? Right. Those jobs are not going to be back in many cases.
1: They're going to push two jobs together and suddenly the technical person also has some business stuff with it. Or the pure business analyst role doesn't exist anymore. And if you're going to be a business analyst, you've also got to do this other thing here. Or we're going to combine some financial and some technical. Or the lead engineer is also going to have to handle uh, outside contractors. So you got to prove that you've done some management work, right? You need to look at your resume. Think about the skills that are going to be required in the next six months to a year. What skills and experience do you have which will be useful? What space can you reclaim from outdated technologies on your resume? And I wanna come back to that technologies piece, Mike, if you'll remind me. What space can you claim from those outdated technologies to put quantified accomplishments with new technologies on there? What courses have you taken which show continuous learning and on topics that are more relevant than something that was 10 years ago? You know, there's an old saying, you don't stop learning when you get old, you get old when you stop learning. And I see all these folks that did all these courses when they were 25 and 30, but not when they're 45. And what they want to say is, well, I kind of know it. I'm an expert in, those. Well, those are in the technology world. Those are outdated. And frankly, we know it's because you have a spouse and kids, and that's okay, but don't kid yourself. We want you to continue learning. In the same vein, how have you done more with less? Especially in light of the downturn, companies are going to be like, wow, can you grow when you have less budget? We just talked to a client recently that had their best year ever in 2010 because they measure it by profitability. They made less total revenue in 2010 than they did, I think, in 2008, but they made more profit. Hmm. Why? Because they worked harder I and mean, they eked out, you know, they increased their margins in good ways. And I want to come back to the technologies piece because folks, those of you, you technology folks that have three and four page resumes, I I don't want to talk about that again for the billionth (laughs) time, but you list a long list of things at the bottom of the resume, which by the way, we'll never see because we won't get to the bottom of the three or four page resume, but you want credit for stuff you did 15 years ago. And what's funny is I had somebody tell me recently, Mike, it was really funny. They said, well, I'm kind of hoping to interview uh, with a young guy because the young guy's They're smarter about what's going on currently. And I said to him, actually, I hope you interview with an older guy, a guy with more experience. And he said, why? That'd probably be a harder interview. I said, well, maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. But the older guy will recognize some of the technologies you still insist on having on your resume, and that new guy you want to interview with (laughs) will look at them all and not know what any of them are because none of them have to do with the web, none of them have to do with with uh, the digital transformation that's taken place in the last ten to fifteen years.
0: Well, I I still have WordPerfect on my uh, on my resume. (laughs) Oh, is that right? (laughs) WordStar—that's kind of neat.
1: That's yeah, that's like having an antique in your house, isn't it? That's kind of
0: kind of I like that.
1: Yeah, COBOL and Fortran, baby. That's. We're all about COBOL and FORTRAN around here.
0: <laughs> there you um, go.
1: So look, let's go further. What skills do you need to practice? Maybe you need to brush up on something in order to get that role you want next. You've got to analyze what the roles are that are out there. And you've also got to look at what skills you have. What skills are being asked for that you're not strong in? And those questions help you direct any kind of development you might do in the next three to six months. So that when you're ready to make a jump, maybe you've had a course or two. Or maybe you've asked for some additional responsibilities in an area from your boss who's happy to give them to you because he or she's not terribly good at it. And now you have them on your resume. Fill in the gaps you know exist in order to be ready when you make the jump that
0: you decide to make later. Makes a lot of sense. Hey, now now tell me about uh, social media because that's relatively new within the last few years. How does that impact things?
1: I'm glad you asked because I'm actually an expert, as you well know. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Spending a lot of time on Facebook, are you?
1: For those of you who don't know, I'm I'm famous as the only person in the world that doesn't have a Facebook page. But look, it's easy. Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, everything you do digitally, uh, there's a cache. Stupid things you said two years ago are probably still cached on some time machine server somewhere. The question is, do do all of your social media – identities reflect the professional that you are. What kind of online presence do you have? I know it's funny and people laugh. Yeah, 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 I should do that. Google yourself though. That's what recruiters and hiring managers are going to do. What comes up? Is there anything you'd be embarrassed about? Are there pictures of you at social events after more than one drink? You know, you'd be surprised. Seven degrees of freedom, right? You think, well, my Facebook account is closed except to my friends. I bet you anybody who's listening, I can find you in three Facebook friendings, right? And there are 500 million people on Facebook, right? Are there pictures tagged as you, which are not you? We recently have been having to talk to people who are stealing our stuff and charging for it. And part of the reason that happened was because I had a reminder task come up on my laptop, which says Google yourself just to check to see what's out there. Um, Cause it's easier to do it. You know, I'm on a plane. I, I've got wifi. I do it real quick. It's one of my tasks. I can check it off my list after I've done my hard work of writing casts or whatever. And I'm, I still have a half an hour before we land. And um, I Googled it. And there's a picture of Rich Rue, our listener, our friend, Rich Rue on the images section of Mark Horseman, the Google search for Mark Horseman. I can't remember exactly why it is. I don't know what page linked us both, but that's just the Google search engine getting something wrong. And if you've got 99 of them right, one wrong is not that big a deal. It's still valuable to have all the others. By the way, we also found a Career Tools logo that had been weirdly kind of color reversed. And when I clicked on that one, it took me to a page where people were selling our stuff uh, and not giving us the money. So look, it's confusing if you know both Rich and me. And frankly, according to Wendy, I'm a presence on the internet, a very, 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 very small presence. But nonetheless, the fact that it happened to someone like me and Horseman is not a common name. If you have a common name, folks, there are all kinds of pictures out there. And I'd be willing to bet you that we could do a test where somebody, let's say Brian Smith, I'm going to use that name, whoever the Brian Smiths who are listening, I'm not thinking about you, I promise. And if I Googled the name and then looked on the first page of images on Google, on the image page, at least 20 of them, well, there'd be a hundred different people probably on the first page. And I bet at least five of them, would be less than professional and i'd also be willing to bet that if we did a test that there would be people who even though they knew that wasn't the brian smith they were looking for they would be put off by images of other brian smiths doing something less
0: than professional yeah it's all out there so you use google are there any other tools that people can use to do this
1: well boy i use google all the time but but wendy uses People, which is spelled P I P L, Papa India, Papa Lima.com, and search for yourself. Pipple searches the deep web, and there's a lot more information on there. And frankly, folks, including information that you believe is private, which employers can see easily and totally for free. Recruiters do this all the time. In fact, I'm sure there's analysts at recruiting companies that want to be recruiters that do this kind of searches for people, just like there are paralegals and investigators at law firms, right? Now, maybe you can't eliminate the information totally, but you can go through the exercise of removing and updating what you can and understanding what the risk is. So, it's like I said about the the five hours somebody spent worrying about their Facebook page, right? Put some time aside for this. Schedule a time. Maybe it's just a half an hour. Don't sit around and think about it and not do it and then rush around and regret three, five, six, eight months from now when you decide you're ready to make the jump. Look at who you're connected to and what you've liked, Conclusions I promise you folks can and will be drawn from all these things. I would do it. I absolutely would do it because when it comes to hiring, all the best companies know build the wall high and say no for even the smallest of reasons. I think Facebook just went through an update in the last six months or so. All the social media sites make regular changes to their format and their privacies and other policies that are subtle and not subtle. While you're thinking about your social media profile, put a note in your calendar to check your profiles once a month. Like I Google myself. Actually, I only Google myself once a quarter. I hate it every time, but it's helpful. We learned something that was helpful for us to know. Make sure that what you do not want to be public is in fact not
0: public. Thanks everyone. That's it for part one. We'll finish this one up next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.